Welcome back to Everyday Humanity, episode two of season three. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Beth. We're glad you're here. And I'm joined by our other host, Dennis. Hi. Hi, Dennis. Hey, Beth. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Good. Good. I'm also excited uh, for our guest to be joining us today, but I think I'm going to have you do the intro honors because I know you guys have a little more history. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I am so honored to be able to introduce Scott Smith. Scott is uh, the superintendent at Cedar Springs Public Schools, where all of my kids uh, either have graduated from or will graduate from. We hope. No, they will. Um, and Scott has been there for, this is his fifth year. And um, I have had the opportunity as a parent to watch Scott come in and to lead a district through really tough times, through a pandemic, um, and to do so with courage and with dignity and with compassion and with a lot of transparency. So part of my experience with Scott is um, that, the superintendent of my kids' schools. Um, and then another piece of my experience with Scott is the fact that he is on our board of directors at Mel Trotter and uh, has been for a couple of years now and just serves there with grace and with integrity. He leads our, um, I'm not sure, used to be the program committee, guest services committee or something like that. Um, and then most importantly, Scott is just a dear friend, um, somebody that I have just come to appreciate so much. And uh, we don't have breakfast quite enough, but when we do, it's always a really rich time. So uh, Scott, just so thankful for you to be here and would love to have you just, um, yeah, share a little bit about you and your family and just whatever else you want to share to open us up. Well, thank you both for inviting me and to uh, give me the opportunity to be a part of this uh, this experience. I'm the the... I don't know, the blessed uh, husband of the most amazing human being on the planet. Uh, her name is Sarah, and uh, we've been uh, delightfully married uh, for 21 years. It's just been uh, so incredible. Um, it, it's, it, it clearly was one of those God moments that brought us together. Uh, I was recently divorced, and I had, a, 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 a at the time, a, a four-year-old and a, and a, and a seven-year-old, and um, just the, f that was a very frightening moment, um, you know, to try and, um, see who would want me, you know, as a, as a, as a, with a, with a dad, uh, you know, with two kids and two dogs and mortgage <laughs> and all of those things. And, uh, it was just such an incredible blessing that, uh, that, that God brought Sarah into our family and, um, it's just been amazing. And so now we have, uh, a 26-year-old and a 29-year-old, uh, both live in Denver, Colorado. One has lived there for uh, going on uh, 30, uh, probably close to 48 hours now. He just moved out over the weekend after getting married uh, a couple a couple of weeks ago, and uh, and uh, our oldest son has lived out there uh, since 2018. So it's um, still just a, a great opportunity to really um, commit and, and work together as a family to. Um, to continue to support one another and to see um, how, as a team, uh, we can use the gifts that God gives us to make a difference in the lives of others. So it's it's um, every day is better than it was the day before, and that's just uh, just such a, a neat part of my reality. Uh, I'm just richly blessed. I love this story so much. I didn't know that about you. I know yeah. you obviously um, from our dealings here at Mel Trotter and as a yeah. board member, but. Thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting to me, having um, lived through some similar circumstances. But I'd love to ask you about your faith background. Can I ask about that? Because sure. oftentimes people don't just lead with that sort of like resume, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was a, yeah. it took a while for me to be able to say that. I've always been a 
Christ follower, but yeah, I went through a divorce. Does that mean you love Jesus less? Absolutely not. It doesn't mean that means I'm forgiven because he hung on a cross is what it means. But I'd love, (laughs) but I'd love to know about that from your perspective, Scott. Um, just if you, were you raised in the faith? I was not. Um, my, my parents, uh, I was born into a Lutheran, non-practicing Lutheran home. Um, but I really didn't find, um, I knew that God was there uh, throughout high school and, and through college, but it wasn't until I had uh, until we had our first son Jensen, um, and, and really working at at Holland West Middle School in in Holland, Michigan, um, there were some key people around me who I looked to as mentors and who I really um, just appreciated and respected that had something that I didn't have, and. Um, and it took me about nine months to figure out what that was. They invited me to go to a Promise Keepers event at the yeah. at the Silverdome, and um, this was in uh, would have been ninety four, ninety four or ninety five. Um, but we we rolled into the Silverdome with a group from Christ Memorial Church, and um, you know the event is just insane. You know there were <laughs> seventy thousand people. Uh, singing and and just praising God and um, they did a call you know um, if if you're not yet a Christ follower um, come on down and I was like all of a sudden I was on the field <laughs> you know uh, and my friends were around me and it was just such an amazing experience but the the essence of that um, that event was um, you know Jesus calls us to be in the first chair. Um, he doesn't call us to serve from the back row. He doesn't call us to serve from, you know, out in the hall. He calls you to s- sit in the front row and and be attentive and be be as close to the action as you can be. And um, it, it was interesting throughout my throughout my journey as an educator. Um, I, I left West Middle School after teaching for three years, and uh, I took an administrative position. And one of my friends, one of my teaching uh, partners. Um, as I was leaving as a departing gift, gave me a, an old uh, wooden school chair um, with the label first chair um, oh, wow. on it. And so um, cool. it's in my office now. Um, anytime I would sit with a student uh, in crisis or with a family in crisis, I would always sit in that chair um, and I would deliberately pull it up to the table and move the cushy chair away and sit in that wooden chair because it gave me an opportunity to really center and be as Christ-like as I possibly could uh, in that moment, because that's when we need his guidance the most. That's when we need his light to illuminate the room the most is when an individual is in crisis. And so um, that that's my that's my journey, <laughs> you know, and then wow. it's just gotten better. Um, you know, as, as I've been able to grow as a husband and grow as a father, grow as a member of our community, grow as an educator, it, it really, um, we pray daily and give thanks for those moments that God gives us to be joyful, but also for those moments that God gives us that are just wonky, you know, those things that those times when we really have to dig deep, it's easy to be happy on a good day. Um, but it's those challenging days that make us stronger, those challenging moments that make us stronger. So we're thankful for those, you know? Um, 
and it's it's really uh, refreshing um, to to hear the things that we've been praying about for twenty years in the prayers of your sons. Wow! Um, and so yeah. it's it's a blessing. Every day is a blessing. Yeah. So one of the things that I've always admired about you uh, in the time that I've known you is is your leadership, how you lead, how you develop leaders, how you pour into people. And you were touching on it, right, just a minute ago. Um, I wonder if you would, like, share a little bit more about your philosophy because, you know, these last few years have not been easy to be the superintendent of a school system through a pandemic and schools closing and virtual learning and all of that. So um, what... What kept you going? How do you lead so well? I think the most important thing is to remain focused on the most important things. And as Christians, our work is to serve and support those around us, to bring God's light to their path. And so for me, it's about doing everything I can to create conditions in which those around me can thrive. Um, and sometimes that means, you know, leading from the front and sometimes that means leading from the side and sometimes that means leading from behind just as Christ does. Right. And so for me, it's about, um, trying to be as mindful as I can about understanding the complex needs of each individual with whom I am, um, blessed to serve and, doing everything I can um, to create conditions in which they can thrive. And it sounds so simple. It's <laughs> I'm just here to create conditions in which you can thrive, but what you need to thrive, Janice is different than what Beth yeah, needs to, tr- right. to thrive. And it's, and so it, while it's so simple, it's so incredibly complex and every day is an opportunity to be better than we were the day before, right? Every day we can learn and grow from, the successes that we've had and from the failures that we've had and, and hit, hit the ground the next day with that refreshed spirit and that refreshed attitude that, um, you know, again, continues to allow us to, to make a difference in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom saying. always used to say failure is never fatal and success is never final. Ah. Wow. That's um, great. I like that. And I think it's, I don't know. It's, it was maybe uh, attributed to Churchill or something along the way <laughs> in a Google search. Um, but it's just so true, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not about the number of times you get knocked down. It, it, if, if, if X is the number of times in life you get knocked down, the only thing that matters is ultimately your score is X plus one. That's you know, you've mm-hmm. got to get up one more time yeah. than, than the number of times you get knocked down. Um, and sometimes you can get up on your own. Sometimes you need people to help. Um, sometimes it takes a little while to get up. Sometimes you need a chair to help get up, but ultimately (laughs) it's just about getting back up, you know, and, and coming back stronger. You know, and I think, um, you also lead with a great deal of humility and, um, you know, I, I have not shared this with you. Um, but one of my daughters who's, who's in the high school, uh, sent you an email, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And uh, she was asking something or sharing something with you. I'm not sure exactly what it was. And um, you were really busy. And it took you a few weeks to get back to her. The email that Scott sent back to my daughter 
was a very humble email. It was, I am really sorry that it took me so long to get back. I really value you and I really value what you have to share. So let's, and then you went on to answer her email. I'm telling you, my 17 year old daughter was floored by that email because unfortunately in our culture, we're conditioned to think that, well, she doesn't matter because this is the superintendent and he has this title and I'm just a student. And you floored her with that email with your um, humility in, in apologizing for something that all of us go through. We can't always answer emails in a timely manner. Um, and you taught her a lesson about life, about humility and leadership. So as a dad, thank you. Um, but I also think it's a part of your DNA and how you lead. And that's, that's inspiring to me as someone that's trying to be a better leader today than I was yesterday. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a question in there, but there's a thank you. So I'll look at Beth. Yeah, yeah, that's my cue for a segue. Um, but what I heard you talk about is um, servant leadership at its core and, and reading a room and understanding that what one student needs is not necessarily what another student needs. And so you are present in that moment to say, how can I help? Right. And, and how can I help in a way that will land? Because we are all equally as responsible for our impact as we are our intent. And so um, Jesus, right? He knew that with his apostles. I mean, Peter clearly did not roll like Matthew. Um, You know, I go to Peter for a reason. Um, (laughs) He had some things to say. Um, But, you know, I think what you're doing is is you shared um, reciprocity and you're like, I learned from people ahead of me. I was curious. I wanted something they didn't have. I wanted to know what their leadership style was and why they were joy filled and why they were present. And and once I understood, I gave back. Right. So it's about that sort of. continue learning, right? To be a lifelong learner and decide now that I've learned this principle and I value it and I know I can pour into the life of others. And that's what at Mel Trotter, I'd love to, my segue is you're a board member for, for us, for Mel Trotter Ministries. What, what drew you from your leadership and your experience? Um, Can you talk a little bit about what it is that you, um, you value with MTM and and how you're helping to support our work here? Sure. I mean, selfishly, it's, (laughs) Because we have students who are homeless. Um, and I just saw this as a great opportunity to use my gifts to help support a greater mission that ultimately is making an impact on our students. We had a, um, we had a spirit day last Thursday where um, students were encouraged to wear a Hawaiian-themed uh, article of clothing um, and then um, th- they were going to celebrate that at the at the football game on Friday night. And it was brought to my attention that um, many of our students wear the same clothes every day. And they're not often cleaned. And they're rarely Hawaiian themed. Um, and, and that was such a, oh my goodness, like a gut-wrenching reality that... Um, we need to do better for for students like that. It gives us an opportunity to be mindful of what those individuals need to thrive. And so, you know, for me, it, it goes hand in hand. The work that we do at the mission is about creating conditions in which our guests can thrive. Mm-hmm. It's about creating conditions in which our staff can thrive. Um, because when people thrive, wow. You know, that makes a profound impact on the world around them. Um, sometimes we don't need a lot to thrive. Um, and so, it, to me, the work goes hand in hand. Just on a 
much different scale. Um, yeah. And so that's what drew me to the mission. And it's, it was work that I, I was intrigued about because I had always worked with boards, um, but never really had the opportunity to work on a board. And so I think there is benefit um, on both sides of that uh, body of work in that I can help bring some perspectives to the table at Mel Trotter as a person who serves a board, but then I can also better understand the needs of the seven board members I serve ultimately in my district. And so it's, it's, I saw it as a win-win, um, clearly as a win-win. I was sharing with Beth uh, a week or two ago that um, a, a fourth grade teacher who Kelly and I are friends with uh, shared with me a couple of years ago, we were talking about student homelessness. And she said, um, I can always tell the students that are either experiencing homelessness or on the brink of it and living in extreme poverty immediately. And I said, you know, how unpack that for me. And she said, one of the ways is generally those students come to school to do two things, to sleep and to eat, because wherever they were last night, they didn't get enough sleep and they probably didn't get enough food. And then this teacher with tears in her eyes looked at me and she said, if they're coming to eat and to sleep, they are not in a position to learn math and to learn how to read and to learn science. We have to meet those needs first. You have the, right. It's, it's the hierarchy of needs. We have to be able to, your point, right, create the conditions for that person to thrive. For my kids, the conditions for them to, to thrive as students are very different than a child that didn't get food last night. It didn't sleep. And, you know, um, one of the things we started with Cedar Spring Schools, and now it's in several other school districts at Mel Trotter, is we have a prevention and diversion program where we have caseworkers that work with the homeless liaison in the public school system to identify families that are in that situation and to come alongside them and, uh, number one, help them from ever becoming homeless, and number two, create those conditions where they and their students can thrive. So I'm wondering if you'll talk to us a little bit about, I often get asked this, well, you're a a faith-based ministry and you work in the public schools. How does that work? So from your perspective, how does it work when um, faith-based organizations and public schools work together? Sure. Can I rewind what you just shared, though, and add a third dimension that I think many of our students and many of the guests at Mel Trotter Ministries come looking for, and that's just to be loved. Yes. You know, um, God loves me through Sarah. God Mm. loves me through my, my friends. God loves me in an incredible overabundance. Yeah. Right. And the people that he's put in my circle. Uh, And similarly, he allows us to love others. He, he, loves others through our work, right? And so yeah. um, so when students or when guests come to the table in need, um, yes, we can create conditions or help create conditions in which they can grab onto moments of, um, of light, you know, uh, his light. Yeah. Um, but that comes with love. And that's just such a cool thing. Not everyone, it's one thing to be loved 
but it's another thing to know when you're loved, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't always happen. So I don't even remember your question. <laughs> I, all I know is I'm, I'm over here tearing up. I know it's my allergies. I know. Um, yeah. So I think there was that. And then, um, you know, a little bit about the good things that can happen when faith-based organizations and public schools or non-faith-based work together. Yeah. Um, I always, um, I didn't joke publicly, but I always <laughs> joke inside that my work as an educator was, um, was even more, that he even had a greater potential to share God's love with others than a pastor would. Wow. And the reason for that is, is because people don't have to go to church, right? Right. But you have to go to school. And I don't do it blatantly. I just, I just care about people. I just help empower others to, to do those things, to create, those conditions in which people can thrive. It's so simple, (laughs) but it couldn't be done without, without God's flow through our work. Um, so I think that's the balance. You have to honor and respect people where they are. And, and it would be, uh, disservice to an individual if as educators we entered into a space and tried to impart our faith background or our faith beliefs on on their moment and so um you know it's one of those things god's got a perfect plan for all of us whether we know it or not and it's our job to not, you know, not get in the way, <laughs> right, of that right. plan. Yeah. Um, it's what but Dennis it's always says in yeah. and through us, God working in and through us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's how you do it. You, you're very much aware of those points that would cause someone to be turned off or to cause someone to to move in a different direction. It's it's. Um, I don't know if you've had lifeguard training, but in, as a lifeguard, you're trained. Um, when you enter the water, you do it uh, from a minimalistic approach. Mm-hmm. You don't make any ripples in the surface because that could bring about a negative uh, result or a negative impact on the person that you're trying to help and support. And it's the same way yeah. in the work that we do and the same way the work that um, the staff at the ministry uh, yeah. has to do you know, enter into those waters. You don't cannonball in, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah, because if you right. do, you create chaos, right? Yeah. You yeah. create turbulence, you create disruption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, people can feel the energy in the room. Mm-hmm. They I, they don't need me to tell them where it's coming from. If they want to ask me, sure, I will share. Um, but you know, it's like your microwave. As long as the microwave works, you don't have to know why it works. People just need to know they're loved. People just right. need to know they're cared for. People just need to know that they can have hope. They can have an irrational sense of hope. Yeah. Because they, yeah. 
You'll forget what you say, but not how you made them feel, right? Yeah. You know, one of my favorites yeah. of all time. Maya right. Angelou said that. It's exactly yeah. right. You, you are explaining to us how you make your students and your staff feel when they are mm-hmm. in your presence. Because we always say, too, proximity breeds empathy. So you're proximate to those students in crisis. You're proximate to the families and to uh, an email three weeks later. You are showing up in somebody's story to say, I see you. I hear you. You have value. Um, so this is very clear to me, the overlap, as you talked about, between what you do every day and what we do at Mel Trotter. Yeah. What we endeavor to do every day is to say, we're not going to overtly, to your use your word, um, say this, but we are a faith-based mission, unapologetically, but we are not going to overtly remind you of that. We're just going to remind you all the time that you're loved and you matter, and this is a circumstance that you're experiencing right now, and we're here for you. Yeah. Like, we're showing up for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. is pretty great. I, I'm, I'm just grateful to get to know you um, and all of our board members, right? Because everybody, yeah. we all have stories. And that's the best part right. about, I hope, on Everyday Humanity is that we're saying, oh, a superintendent, a CEO, titles, right? We're, we're human beings experiencing humanity. And we are spiritual beings having a very human uh, experience. And sometimes that's a little tough, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Sometimes we get knocked down. But to your point, it's not how many times we get knocked down. It's who's going to be next to us to help us back up. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So what else? What, what are, um, you have the microphone and you have the audience and what, how would you like to encourage our audience? I think they're already encouraged, but let's just give you another platform. Yeah. I think just, um, there are billions, there, there are billions of people on the earth that God could have chosen to be Sarah's husband or to be Jensen and Hayden's dad. He chose me. Um, There are not billions of superintendents out there that (laughs) God could have chosen, but there were at least three or four that God could have chosen to lead Cedar Springs, but he chose me, you know? So to me, it's about, acknowledging and accepting those gifts, but also like just, just being amazed at that gift. Um, Don't take things for granted, but know that there is an intentionality behind our work that is just unwavering and, you know, without, without limitations. Um, be appreciative of the gifts that you have and to, and share those things just freely with others because that's, that's the purpose that we have, you know, don't be a gift hoarder, be a gift sharer um, and acknowledge the greatness that's around you. That's what I would encourage. So um, our, the Van Campen family, we are big fans of the show America's Got Talent. I don't know if you guys watch this on in the summer and, you know, people, all their different talents. And Simon Cowell is one of the guests. And every now and then there will be an act, whether it's a singer or a magician or whomever it might be that's up there. And when they go to the judges for the comments, Simon Cowell will say, I'm going to remember that audition for the rest of my life. It was that impactful. And I'm going to remember this podcast for a long, long time. And, and I just want to encourage you, Scott, because when I spend time with you, that's exactly right. 
I may not always remember every word that you say, but I remember exactly what you were trying to communicate and exactly how you made me feel. So um, I'm not going to do a Simon Cowell accent, but I will say I am going to remember this for a long, long time. Thank you for sharing your heart. Uh, thank you for your leadership, for what you do for Mel Trotter, what you do for Cedar Springs uh, Public Schools, and what you do for your family and what you do for God. So thank you. Yeah. And Scott, I echo that too. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for everything that you have imparted with us. Um, it's not often that I cry twice in one day, um, but you can just sense it. I can feel how much um, you love God and love others and and recognize uh, the value that you know uh, you have in him uh, and you share that. So just thank you for being you, for being a part of this mission. Um, hopefully our listeners will be encouraged. I know they will be to show up and be who God created them to be as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next week to be reminded that um, for those of you who have not um, signed up for Season of Hope, we will have a very impactful speaker who reminds me a lot of, of yeah. you. And yes. she was um, actually on our podcast last week, Paula Jouch. And she said, you know, I didn't know God growing up. And I had a lot of the, she was a student who was overlooked in school. She was illiterate until she was about 21. Wow. And she said, yeah. I, I was in a school system and, and didn't have people pour into me. But the second that somebody did, she said, in the second that somebody showed me who Jesus was, she's like, it's all bets are off. Now I'm in. She's like, I I love Jesus and I do matter and I can read and I do have mattering and value and worth. And so we just thank you. Thank you for reminding each of us that that is true. So thank you both as well. And we're just getting started. Like, that's the fun thing. (laughs) Like, we're just getting started. That's right. So much opportunity. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Everyday Humanity listener, thank you so much for joining us this week. And we look forward to you being back here next week as well, where we continue to talk about everyday humanity. Thank you. And a shout out to the producer, Matthew. And thank you to Matthew for bringing us back next week. All right, guys, we'll <laughs> see you then. Thanks. Thanks.